Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Bud Light was the straw that broke the camel's back. And this is what winning a culture war looks like. So pat yourselves on the back, ladies and gentlemen, because you decided not to buy a beer. You have seen tremendous victories in the culture war. In this tweet from End Wokeness, he says, Xbox removes their LGBTQ plus pride logo four days into Pride Month. Wow. There are memes about this where it's the guy looking at the camera saying it's coming and it's a tornado. And then it's all the corporate logos that are rainbows. It's the image of all of the corporate logos changed to rainbows. But in Saudi Arabia, they stay the same. And typically they kept these logos up for some time. It's Pride Month. So it's like, oh, here we go. All the logos are going to be rainbows. And then I countered saying MAGA month in July. Everybody put up pictures of American flags for the whole month. I kind of feel like we should just start doing it now because we're seeing major institutions and corporations remove their pride flag logos. Forbes says Navy removes pride month posts amid right wing backlash. NASCAR Major League Baseball also targeted. Wow. Pride Month begins. And all these companies think they're going to play the culture war game, the pop culture game, and put up these flags. But after seeing what happened with Bud Light, apparently that's no more. It's done. Not every single corporation, of course, but many are saying the, the backlash that they're seeing from regular people is so intense that they're pulling these logos down. And that's all it took. How did we get to this point where every single company is putting up a flag about a person's sexuality? Because it was pop culture. Now, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people talk about the corporate equality index, CEI and ESG scores and all of that stuff. And it matters to a certain degree. But if a corporation, if an institution thinks they will be harmed by doing a thing, they back off from doing it. That's the purpose of CEI and ESG. What these things are effectively are social credit scores and the it's environmental social governance, the ESG score that all these corporations are promoting. All of your banks are promoting it. They're doing it because it is it's a component required. It's a social credit score. I'll put it that way. And the way they see it, 
if we want to get loans, if we want to get financing, if we want to participate, we have to have good ESG scores. That's how everything's being handled these days. The Federal Reserve went woke. But what happens if a cost, uh, you got you got a company that sells, uh, let's say you got a company that plays baseball, Major League Baseball, and they have these banks saying, look, if you want financing from us for any of your endeavors, you've got to have good ESG scores. They say, OK, they will be harmed if they don't. You see how that works? But what happens then when all of their customers and their players say enough? Then they go to the bank and they say, look, you know, finance, financing is great, but why would we want to take any financing or a loan or any kind of credit if we can't pay it back because we have no customers? So they say, we'll take customers over debt. That's the power of being the consumer. And you know why we got this far? Because the far left did exactly what people are doing now. The far left would message a company like, why aren't you putting up a pride flag? And they'd be like, oh, we're getting a lot of heat for this. And they do it. And it's true. Vivek Ramaswamy talked about it. He said he worked for a billion dollar or he started a multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company. Dude's worth around half a billion. And he said that one day they, they, they come to him. I guess it was like his advisor or whatever and said, you need to put up a black square on your on your social media profile to support George Floyd. And he was like, oh, OK, sure, I guess. And then he does. And he's not even thinking about it. Then they said, you need to write something. And he goes, uh, Sure. And then he wrote something like, I hope the country can come together and heal and that we stop fighting. And they came to him and said, this wasn't good enough. And he was like, I did what you asked. Then he had attacks from the far left, resignations from his friends and advisors at his company. And then he got pissed off and said, what is going on? Why am I being attacked? I didn't do anything. And that's what's happening. These companies were getting attacked and they're like, okay, well, everybody wants the pride flags up. But then people on the right stopped buying a beer. And it was that simple. Bud Light's sales are down near 30% and they're not recovering. I got another story. The ad agency behind that is in panic because they're the one who set it up. Imagine being the marketing agency behind the Bud Light scandal. Anybody who hires that company, wow, they got cojones, if you know what I mean. Like, let's roll the dice on this one. Talk about being wrong in marketing. As wrong as wrong can be. You know, typically a marketing campaign barely moves the needle. You buy an ad, you run commercials, and you hope you get some recognition, but earned media is always better. Imagine paying for marketing and ripping 30% of your market share straight out. You paid for that. Amazing. Take a look at this from Forbes. They say, companies daring to declare their support for Pride Month including those that simply adopt a rainbow-colored logo for June, are facing online attacks from right-wing social media users, leading the Navy to delete its pride posts as boycott threats against any company deemed woke for outreach to the LGBTQ community continue to go viral. Ah, and there it is. Continue to go viral. Do you get it? Continue to go viral. That's it right there. Regular people, the average person, they ain't paying attention. They don't know. They don't care. I was at, where was I the other day? I was at, um, I was at the Charlestown uh, races. I saw a lady. She was chatting it up, having a good time. And she goes, let me get a Bud Light to the server. And I'm, th- I'm laughing to myself. I'm like, you know, look, there are regular people who don't know, don't care, don't pay attention. They just want a light beer. 
And what am I going to do? Be like, ma'am, don't buy that. No, you buy your beer. You do whatever you want. But what's happening now is that regular people who typically don't pay attention, who want attention, maybe it's a 22-year-old guy. And he's like, I don't know or care about any of this stuff. But then all of a sudden he sees his buddy, a million views, a million views on, on TikTok. And he's going like, what? Maybe not TikTok, because I'll probably ban you for this. But he's got a million hits. He's got 10,000 likes. And he's like, well, how did he get so many hits? And then he looks and it's his buddy filming himself in a gas station, pointing at Bud Light, going, Bud Light's so dumb. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bud Light's dumb too. And then he starts filming videos. So many people are motivated by social acceptance. So many people that once it starts appearing to be popular, whether it is or isn't, regular people just embrace it to fit in. And that's that's partly the pride phenomenon. Many people are just like, it's on TV. It's on social media. It's what you see. That's what we want to make. And that was driven by social media algorithms and the wokeness of these companies. They ban you if you don't. They promote you if you do. So what happens? People who make the videos get a million hits. And then everyone else is like, I want a million hits too. I want to be an influencer and a YouTuber and make all this money. But what about the people who stood strong? Led the charge. The true heroes who never gave up. The people who pay attention to the news and politics said, here's what I think. And now you've got regular people seeing posts from them. Get so much traffic. Virality is the key. You want a million hits? You want to be a big, famous YouTuber? Well, be honest. Call out the garbage, stand up to the woke mobs, and you'll get the hits because regular people do not like wokeness. I'm not. So let me differentiate. The average person, when confronted with this, probably says, I don't like it. The average person online who doesn't know much about politics or anything, who is trying to be an influencer, is who I refer to when I say they just want the viral hits. But that creates a runaway train effect where the more videos they make, the more hits they get, the more everyone else wants to climb on board and boom, social trend. And there it is. Look at this. The U.S. Navy uploaded a pride themed Facebook cover photo on June 1st, the first day of Pride Month, and replaced it with another photo less than 12 hours later. And it reportedly deleted posts for Pride Month from its Twitter and Instagram accounts. I say month because if they did Pride Day, I'd, I'd be like, whatever. If they were like, June 1st is Pride Day. It's where we go out and we celebrate people or whatever. And they did Pride, I'd be like, okay. And companies could put up their logo for a day and we'd all roll our eyes. But a month? That's just so ridiculous. NASCAR and Major League Baseball also tweeted in support of the LGBTQ community. And their posts were quickly filled with replies and quote retweets from angry right-wing users quick to call for boycotts for companies who celebrate pride or engage in LGBTQ inclusive marketing. And you see, you know why that works? The Bud Light effect. Target has lost what? I I haven't checked as of right now, but uh, last week it was down $13 billion in market share. $13 billion. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 
over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. With a B. And they've been doing the pride stuff for a long time. The shift is here. You know what it could be too? It's that the younger generation cared more about politics. Always consider this. People often make the mistake that there's a great awakening. They, they, they think like, hey, how come all of a sudden people are saying no to these big brands? How come all of a sudden conservatives decided to boycott Bud Light? The answer is maybe they didn't. The real answer is younger people who grew up during the Gamergate culture war stuff in the 2010s, who are now old enough to drink, hate wokeness and have boycotted Bud Light. And so what the mistakes people make is they forget old people die and young people age up into a market share. And if the 16 year olds of the 2010s who hated wokeness and were sick of the lies from the media and just wanted to play video games, who are now in their mid to late 20s and they drink Bud Light with their friends or they're in college. And then all of a sudden this comes down and they say, we're not buying it anymore. Their market drops. And it's not like all of a sudden just Johnny, you know, Johnny conservative just went, well, I finally had the epiphany that I should stop supporting these companies. Now, I think older people mostly don't care. Seriously, I think they care about politics to a certain degree, but the boomers and many of the Gen Xers are probably still very much in the traditional Republican Democrat space. The culture war is a large phenomenon uh, capturing people our age. Hey, I'm 37, right? I am. Is that is that middle age yet? I think middle age is like early 40s or something. But uh, basically, oh, yeah, 79. So, yeah, I think around uh, 39 to 40 is where you. So I'm close. But I'm the kind of person who should be buying the Bud Light for the party. And you know what? We would. Typically, we do better than Bud Light, to be completely honest. We w- I would rather get a, like a bunch of Sixers of various microbrews or something. Not because I'm a microbrew snob or anything like that when it comes to beer. Just because it's like it's good to have a bunch of different varieties. But if we were doing a big thing, we'd get a couple cases and just be like, beer's beer. Not anymore, we won't. <laughs> so they lost people in our space. There's something really interesting in that uh, I'll keep it light, but hearing about people running for office, hearing about people running for the highest office, and I know, I know some people. Oh, the power just flickered. We're good, though. Uh, I know some of these people that are, that are talking about running for office at the lo- local level, at the high, uh, state level, and I'm like, man, these people very well may actually get into office. And it's crazy that it's people in our generation now taking the reins and taking over. But this is a normal process for all generations. It happens to every generation. You're a kid one day playing baseball, watching the TV about the president. And then one day you're in your 30s or 40s. And that kid you knew from grade school is running a big company or he's he's a mid-level manager. You see him on TV giving an interview and you're like, wow. Or that kid you knew from high school or college is running for the Senate. And you're like, man, because you inherit this stuff. We all do. That's the that's the rotation. And then there'll come a time when we are all old and there'll be some younger kids taking over. But this is the point when it comes to all this stuff, these companies ditching these logos and everything. It's because you and I 
the people who paid attention and are, and are upset with this and think we don't want our country going in this direction are becoming older and, become, and are becoming the dominant forces in market share. And they need to cater to us. And they're not. And they're quickly realizing that. That people our age, we're the money demo. That's right. 20, was it 25 to 54? We're all in it. And right now, for those that are watching a show like this, for those that watch people like Sticks, Hacks and Hammer or Crowder or Jimmy Dore, we're, we're it. We're the key demo. Now, Tucker, he gets millions of views on Fox News, but it was people older than that. I think the average age was like mid to late 60s. And that's true for cable TV. They are not in the money demographic anymore. They're retirees. So they're on budgets. We are the demographic that is now deciding, hey, we're having a corporate party. What do we buy? Oh, we did a big event. We certainly ain't buying Bud Light anymore. We are the ones who are using the resources and running the companies, creating corporate events, having picnics, having barbecues, setting up shows and deciding. We did an event in Austin, sold out show at the Vulcan Gas Company. I think it's a gas company, right? And I said, no Anheuser-Busch products. And they went, it's your show. And then everyone laughed and cheered. That's Michelob Ultra. That's uh, 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 Bud Light. We mistakenly, I think we mistakenly pulled Modelo. Uh, maybe we didn't, actually. I think that one we were like, well, you know, we don't know for sure. I can't remember. But uh, we said no Bud Light. And nobody wanted it anyway. I had, we had another event here in West Virginia. And I asked the bartender if he had Bud Light. And he goes, oh, we do. But it's, it was not on display. And I was like, no Bud Light. And he goes like, we have it, but nobody's going to order it. So we just don't put it out. And he's like, I guess if somebody really wants one, we'll give it to him. But no one's going to do it. Nobody wants to be the guy at the party carrying the Bud Light. And so this is what's happening now. We are coming into our social power, as it were. People like you and me expressing our distaste for these things is working. Unilad has the story. Xbox divides opinion after taking down its Pride Month logo after just a few days. You know what I think it is? I think it's that the younger gen... I'm, I'm, look, I'm going to tell you again. The future is conservative. And it's funny how I think Newsweek and the New York Post recently called me a conservative. And it just literally makes no sense because they can't define what conservative is. And, and if I'm conservative, oh boy, I don't know what Seamus Coglin from Freedom Tunes is. Far right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the game they play. A traditional conservative is far right. A moderate liberal is now conservative. That's insane. I'm actually fairly progressive. It's so weird. I just don't care for the cult Marxist garbage. Fairly liberal. But I think what we're seeing now is, as I stated before, let me show you the math. In the early 2000s, there were several studies done. They found that conservatives were having 2.01 kids and liberals were having 1.43, I think it was. Conservatives were at replacement level reproduction and liberals were not. We saw a poll a few years ago from Pew, a research study, uh, Ant poll, that showed that Gen Generation Z ticked slightly more conservative than, uh, in some areas than millennials, but were comparable. And that's a revolution. Because typically every generation is more progressive than the last. And Gen Z is the first time we see stagnation and actually a shift slightly towards conservative. But how can that be? It is not that all of a sudden there's a great awakening among a generation. It's that conservatives have more kids. I'm telling you, we're going to win because as we get older, there are more conservative children growing up than there are liberal ones. Now, keep in mind. I warn a lot of people on the right 
These Democrats are going to come vote. These eight, the young kids, they'll rally a lot of them. You need to rally the young conservative generation, the children of conservatives. They must go out and vote. And they are much more likely, in my opinion, to be receptive to this kind of messaging. But to put it simply, my friends, if the liberals, the left, if they're aborting their kids, if they're sterilizing their kids, the end result is clear. Their birth rates were already very low at 1.4. I think 1.43 was the number in the 2000s. That means at that time, let's just say, I think it's 2007. It might have been 2000. It might have been a few years between like 03 and 07. Let's just say 2005. There you go. Bang. 2005. They said, hey, we just realized in the past couple of years, conservatives have had 0.5. Well, actually 0.6 rounding uh, just about more kids than liberals. That means what is it for every four conservatives? There are three liberals. For every four conservatives born, three liberals. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, but they're going to indoctrinate those kids and turn them woke. That's true. So that could create a fairly even split. And that's why we saw in the polling, Gen Z and millennials are fairly fairly comparable, but conservative ideals want a little bit more. What happens when this conservative generation reaches the, the voting age, which is, hey, how about that? Just about now. We are now 20 years on from this study. And we are starting to see these, the children of this generation of this birthing period vote and express their opinions online, make social media posts. The wokeness can't win. It's just simple math. And now that they're ramping up their calls for abortion, advocating more for abortion and sterilization, you think they're going to win now? They're certainly not having more kids. They're having less kids. They're aborting their kids more. And they're sterilizing some of the ones they do have. Granted, granted, to be fair, the sterilization stuff is only a few thousand. It's not as big as you know people might think it is. It's not like in the millions or anything. But they're also promoting, let's just say, atypical proclivities, which will increase the likelihood these people do not have children. To put it nicely, look, two guys hooking up don't have a kid. All right. Two women hooking up don't have a kid. A dude who dresses up like a dog and marches around on the ground probably ain't having kids. Because they're not engaging in behaviors that is, in, is conducive to having a family and raising children. That means now we're seeing it. We are going to start seeing a surge in conservative victories. Because independents are more likely to be siding with conservatives on many social issues, not all of them, moderates and disaffected liberals. Even, I mean, Jimmy Dore, the dude's very lefty economically. But as these young people grow up, it's this simple. You will get more views on conservative content. You will get a bigger backlash for pride stuff. You will sell more product if you embrace anti-woke stuff. The trend is happening due to the children. They're old enough now. How many of you watching are in your mid-20s? I mean, Seamus is in his mid to late 20s. We've got Mary Morgan on Pop Culture Crisis, early 20s. We have a, a, a wide range of people who work for Tim Cast, but typically the age, I think, I think Ian might be the oldest person who works here. He's in his mid 40s, early to mid, early to mid 40s. I think he's the oldest. Oh, actually, no, I think Phil, Phil doesn't work for us, but as a recurring uh, uh, guest on IRL and uh, a co-host, he's uh, in his uh, mid to late 40s. But we have, we have a lot of people in our 20s here. These are the kind of people that, and I, I tell you, they're not hardcore conservative Bible thumpers. Some are. 
you know, Seamus is very devout. But we have some young people here who are just moderates like this woke stuff's crazy. And as and, and I'll tell you this, there's a mix. It's not just that every kid's conservative, every kid's liberal. A lot of young people, neutral, don't care. But what happens when you get a million views for saying woke is bad, but you get 500,000 for saying woke is good? Those kids in the middle are just like, I can see what's popular. And the shift is real. That's why we're seeing this. So pat yourselves on the back, ladies and gentlemen. We got some more news coming up about Bud Light. And we can talk about winning some culture wars. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Victory stands before you, my friends, and I never thought that it would come so rapidly. But it is. Earlier this morning, I talked about how many institutions, companies, organizations, the Navy, removed their pride flag logos after only a few hours, after a few days, in some instances, a few hours, because of the backlash, because regular people are saying no. There's a lot of other reasons behind it. But I tell you this, with the latest news about the drop in the stock price of Bud, Anheuser-Busch, and Target, we're now learning many other companies are being hit equally. And of course, the narrative machine is trying everything in their power to lie, to claim the stock drop has nothing to do with a boycott or reputational damage. It's just a downturn in the market. Everybody's getting hit. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply sure but i bring you the receipts my friends they're lying the reality is regular people say no to your esg garbage they don't want it they don't want their kids exposed to it And as people like you and I get older and traditional liberals say there is a red line, we're just we're humble moderates. We're not staunch conservatives, but the left crossed the line. And because of that, these companies are now reeling and they're doing everything they can to try and stop the bleed. But the reality here is, as Bud Light does the opposite, they may be sued for violating their fiduciary duty to their shareholders. Bud Light is doubling down, providing more money to pride groups, sponsoring pride events, even though their customers are revolting. Not that their customers are gross, but they're in revolt. Although the left may have liked that statement either way. It worked worked for both sides, right? Take a look at this story from CNBC. Boycotts hit stocks hard. Here's what might be next for Bud, Target, and others caught in the anti-pride backlash. A very interesting story. 
Pride Month merchandise displayed at Target. You see, Pride Month. Every year, over the past few years, we've seen every company change their logos to rainbow flags, to pride flags. The pride flag is different from the rainbow flag because it's got black and brown in it because it's a cult flag. It has nothing to do with pride. I don't even know what the point is. It's just it's a symbol of the cult. That's really what it is. And so Target introduces products and there's a backlash and then people change their logos and there's a backlash and the reputational damage results in stock dropping off because if people aren't going to if people aren't going to shop at your store if they're not going to buy your product you're going to lose money so why invest the clash of capitalism and neo-marxism cnbc reports even before pride month was underway it seems as if it was open season on companies celebrating the lgbtq community one by one companies have come under an expanding attack Anheuser-Busch, Target, Kohl's, VF Corp's, North Face brand have all fell, felt the vitriol of the latest push from the right. And the list keeps growing. These companies have been branded as woke capitalists and worse. As critics urged boycotts of these companies' products, Bud Light came into the crosshairs. Dylan Mulvaney, blah, blah, blah. And we know, we know about everything else. North Face had a drag queen ad. Target and Kohl's have been selling pride clothing for kids. Well, it's too early to say how successful these efforts will be in lowering sales. They say damage has been done to the stocks already. And some on Wall Street expect that to continue with analysts recently downgrading Target and Anheuser-Busch's ratings, citing uh, in part the ongoing controversy. The main reason boycotts generally are effective is because they threaten the reputation of the company by putting the company in negative media spotlight. And of course, they don't want that, said Braden King, a professor of management and organizations. But it's more than that. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If there's a boycott, you sell less. If you sell less, people, well, don't want to hold your stock because you're not going to make money. And if you don't make money for yourself, you're not going to make money for them. Making the stock less valuable, the panic sets in. So they sell, triggering a sell-off where the price starts dropping rapidly. And then as it goes down, other people say, why is the stock going down? And they start selling and then self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, if it keeps going, it could completely gut these companies and their stock becomes nil and nobody wants to hold it. And that's very bad for their ability to raise funds if they need to. And just in general for the company. But here's CNN. I love it. Here's what they say. Here's the real reason Target stock is dropping. Cue the lie. But don't worry, I brought receipts. Here's what CNN writes. Target stock has lost about a fifth of its value over the past two and a half weeks. (laughs) A fifth. Holy crap, 20%. It's not about what you may have heard. If you follow right-wing media or Twitter, you may have seen a lot of coverage recently about Target stock falling over Pride Month clothing. It's conceivable that some investors sold Target because of the negative coverage on Fox News and other right-wing outlets, but Target stock went on a nine-day losing streak and at a three-year low this week because of broader changes in the U.S. economy, the possibility of a recession, and Target's overexposure to discretionary merchandise, according to corporate executives and retail and investment analysts. Oh, you had me going there for a minute. I thought that it was because Target was being hit really hard in the press and people were boycotting Target and there were confrontations with employees that resulted in fear the stock would drop and then the stock dropped. Ah, but what they're really saying is it's a normal, it's, it's, it's just something happening in the market. It's the economy. So, of course, being a broad change in the economy, the market and how these big these big box stores work, then 
The real reason that Target is going down is just because department store like, you know, big box stores are just not favorable right now. So if you are holding any stock in this space, you will lose money is what CNN says. Well, let me just show you what. Oh, wait, what? Wait, hold on. What's this? Walmart Inc. has been on a steady climb. Well, wait, 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 wait. Walmart and Target are basically the same thing. Now, I know that Walmart has you know, McDonald's in it, and that's pretty great. Sometimes Subway. And I think Target has a Starbucks and a Pizza Hut in it. I'm not sure what those partnerships are, but something like that. I'm hold on there a minute. Wait, wait, well, wait. I thought they were saying that because of broad economic changes, Target stock was dropping a lot. But why is Walmart going up? Huh? They're the same thing. OK, well, 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 maybe Target's going back up now, too. And Target's. Uh, oh, Target's down in the past five days, five percent, five point seven six. And Walmart is up two point four seven. Oh, I get it. They're lying again. Walmart is going up. Target is going down. They're effectively the same thing. I don't know. I like Target a little bit more in terms of the quality of the merchandise. Like, you know, I go pick up some shirts. They're hangs. They're pretty good. I mostly just order online now anyway, but I haven't bought from Target and I'm not going to considering what's going on. I'm sure Walmart has something similar. But look, the reality is simple. Yes, there may be some stock drop. There may be some stock growth. Natural market tendencies will still happen with a boycott going on. But Target Corporation in the past five days is down 5%. In the past month, it's down 16.55%. And if you go back to the start of the controversy, when Target was at its peak, it was at 160. Yes, this is mid-May. And then it's been down, down, down the whole time. Now, of course, context matters. So let's take a look at Walmart over the past month. In the past month, Walmart has only dropped 1.18%. Now, around a similar time, there was a dip, but it was a dip of 1% and they've recovered for the most part. So don't come to me and say, due to broad economic changes, the stock is going down. It's a lie. The reality is these companies have betrayed their shareholders and you are seeing it reflected in the price. Elon Musk weighs in. He says it won't be long before shareholders sue Target. I think y'all need to be suing Bud Light right now. If you held Bud Light stock, the Dylan Mulvaney thing happens, the stock starts going down and you say, bad hair day, we get it. But then Anheuser-Busch says, we're going to do it again and again and again. That's intentional at this point. There's no argument. If you go and say, look, We knew in the press the controversy happened. Bud Light removed. They put two individuals on leave. They knew this was wrong. And then what did they do? Sponsored a pride event, donated large sums of money and doubled down. You have right there. They are telling you they knew what they did with Mulvaney damaged the stock price. They took action against individuals because of it. And then they did it twice again. What are they going to say? Your Honor, we didn't remove them because of this. It was totally unrelated. He's going to be like, you're lying. Don't come in here and lie to me. It's obvious these, these individuals behind this, we see it all in the press. We know nothing else would make sense. And then what? No, they're in trouble and Target is too. 
Daily Wire reports Twitter owner Elon Musk took a shot at Target on Friday morning after the JP Morgan after JP Morgan downgraded their stock, saying it was only a matter of time before the company faced lawsuits for its controversial actions that have led to the company losing billions of dollars in market value. Target made emergency calls in mid-May to managers and senior directors after the company faced backlash for its pride collection, which included tuck-friendly female swimwear. No, I'm sorry. If it's tuck-friendly, it's male. We were given 36 hours, told to take all of our pride stuff, the entire section, and move it to a section that's a third the size. Now, this is where I think the lawsuit will not work against Target. If you're a shareholder of Target and they immediately took action and said, get this stuff out of the front, that's actually protecting the shareholders. It is. And because so many companies have played the pride game for some time, and because Target's had these products before, you can't reasonably argue that they knew what they were doing was a violation of their duties. In fact, in all, uh, it it, it would seem they were actually upholding their duties because it was popular. You, You sell the stuff, people buy it. The backlash they couldn't have seen coming. And they did try and take action to mitigate the damage. Now they'll argue We fear that doing any kind of statement or retraction or apology would only make things worse. And the best thing to do is to lay low and keep quiet and hope we recover. So a lawsuit probably won't work. In fact, a lawsuit may actually just make things worse for Target shareholders. So I don't know if 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 Target is the right um, target. Anheuser-Busch, however, they're doubling down. The woke company has since faced boycotts. JP Morgan said it was downgrading target stock because of the recent controversies. Musk responded to the news by tweeting won't be long before there are class action lawsuits by shareholders against the company and board of directors for destruction of shareholder value. Now, to be fair, just because they were taking this action doesn't mean there won't be lawsuits. Lawsuits may still get launched. They might still win. They might still win. I'm not a legal expert. There may still be many arguments I don't see. Daily Wire host Candace Owens responded, saying Elon weighing in on Target scandal now. So much respect owed to Elon and what he has contributed. Target has been perceived as woke by many since 2014 when they announced it would no longer divide certain products by gender. That's so dumb. Like, I'm not shopping the women's section. I just need T-shirts, man. In 2016, they introduced a gender neutral line for children and also asserted they will allow trans people to use whatever bathroom they preferred, prompting criticism. Target then spent $20 million to put private bathrooms in their stores. Dude, I am 100% behind private bathrooms. Just, dude, it's just so much better. You know, you're sitting in a stall and there's a guy and it's noisy and you're like, oh, man. Don't you want a little private room? I think it's easier. Now, the argument I've heard from people is it's not easy to do that because a lot of people got to go and nobody wants to wait in line. So, yeah, I guess. The vice president for brand management at Target also serves as treasurer of an LGBT group that has received millions of dollars in donations from Target and urges schools to adopt policies to help trans and non-binary school students hide their identity from their parents. Yeah, we don't want none of that. Okay, so here's what needs to happen. I think Target still may face this lawsuit. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But right now, I think if they want to bolster shareholder confidence, they would need to take actions to say, remove this individual who's sponsoring these groups or to stop sponsoring any of these groups to announce that they're going to be getting rid of this uh, pride merchandise as it's deemed too controversial. And there may be a backlash from the left, but the left is very small. And when you're looking at a massive stock drop off like you already are, what what was it? What was the number again? 16.53% in the past month to Walmart's 1%. And what CNN does say, all box stores have dropped. Dude, you can't compare a 1% market swing, which is typical, with 16.5%. 
Don't give me that BS. Walmart's going back up. They barely went down. <clears throat> but they need to, they need to uh, take action. Otherwise, it's just. Now, here we go from Newsweek. Former Trump official is building a legal case against Bud Light, as they should. A former top advisor is gearing up to sue Bud Light's parent company for allegedly tanking their shareholder value through the marketing of LGBTQ inclusive merch. America First Legal announced that they are seeking individuals who were shareholders. This is amazing. And Kohl's as well. There's now going to be a direct correlation. There is. There is currently a direct correlation between promoting woke ideas, the pride stuff, and destroying a company. This is where things get interesting. If you hold stock in any company, any single one, that now does any kind of pride ad, you can sue. That's right. The Bud Light effect is now market law because we are seeing North Face, Kohl's, Target, Bud, Bud Light. It's hitting all of them. Now, if you hold share in any in stocks in any one of these companies, you can sue and say, I want an injunction on these efforts because they are going to destroy the sharehold, the stock value. There's no question. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're going to win. I'm not a lawyer. Talk to the lawyer YouTubers. I'll know better than me. But I think it's fair to say that there is a reasonable argument to say we want an injunction on corporation, whatever, from putting up these pride displays or advertising or marketing or donating because we could see consumers react negatively to it. And I don't want them to destroy the stock value. Maybe they'll argue you have no standing because the stock value hasn't declined, hasn't decreased. But I think as long as you're a stockholder, you're, you should have standing. And they may say, we're not going to issue an injunction because we don't know what the results will be. But you'll get, it'll get interesting then. Because you then argue in court, it will get bad. And then when it does, now you've got something to say to that court. You owe me money. Think about what, what that would be like. I mean, I, I don't think you can do that. Ask a lawyer again. But imagine if a judge was like, we're not going to bar a company from promoting this stuff because it's marketing and, you know, some people like it. And you're like, I am going to lose $10,000, okay, if my stock drops. Let, let, let's say I'm, I'm going to lose tens of thousands of dollars. Let's say you've got a large portion of the stock. If they do this, I will lose a lot of money. And who's going to be responsible? Is the court going to assume responsibility? No. But if they don't issue an injunction, it's their fault. Well, then corporation issues the woke ad, the boycott hits, stock tanks. So really, the only reasonable thing to do is do not is to not invest. Again, no, no advice to you. I'm saying a reasonable person. I'll, I'll be careful here. A reasonable person person would likely assume that they should not invest in any company that that's promoting pride stuff, pride merchandise or woke ideology because your stock's going to go down. You're going to lose money. If you invest in a company that prioritizes the woke cult over meritocratic sales policy, you'll lose money. Seems fairly obvious, doesn't it? I mean, what did what do you think is going to happen when a company says we care more about our religious beliefs than we do about whether we make a good product? Look, I know the my pillow guys very religious, but they try and make a good pillow. They recently put out the my pillow too. How about that? Imagine if the guy was like, my pillow is made of styrofoam packing peanuts, but I've got a cross on the package. You'd be like, I don't want to use that. This is what they're doing. 
just it's a we, we did this joke with uh, my pillow. We made the hour pillow, which was a burlap sack full of packing peanuts. And it was like the most uncomfortable thing ever. It was very scratchy. But, you know, to be honest, it kind of worked still. You could rest. It was better than resting your head on a slab of rock. But that was like our pillow. Imagine if he came out and he was like, we're no longer investing in any good products because we're going to put styrofoam packing peanuts in burlap sacks and place a cross on it because Christians will buy it anyway. You'd be like, you're going to lose money. No one's going to buy that. It makes no sense. So how is it that we can see how obvious and ridiculous it is to make tuck friendly swimwear? OK, dude. We're talking about a tiny portion of the U.S. population. I understand they deserve products same as anybody else, but there are specialty stores for this. We're not talking about half the population. Half the population are women. They buy swimsuits that fit their bodies. Less than 1% are going to be males who need to tuck their junk into their bodies. That's, I'm not going to get into that, but less than 1%. So why make a line of products no one will buy? It's so crazy. You're gonna lose money. The MyPillow religious version, which costs us a penny to make. No one's gonna buy it because it sucks. So imagine investing in a company that outright says, we will make products that no one will buy. It reminds me of that scene in Iron Man. I love it. They got Jim Cramer. And it's, uh, it's, when, uh, it's the first one when Tony Stark says they're not, they're not going to make weapons anymore. He goes, sell, sell, sell. This is a weapons manufacturer, manufacturer that doesn't make weapons, right? Like, why would you hold a stock on a company that doesn't do anything of merit? Target. We make products and sell them. We carry products. I don't know if they make them that people don't buy. That sounds like a terrible proposition. As for Bud Light, people drink beer. That's a no brainer. But people are disgusted by the brand now. That seems to be the sentiment. I'd love to see a, a poll as to how people view um, Bud. Maybe we should partner with a pollster and uh, ask people. Actually, yeah, maybe I'll reach out to uh, People's Party. Maybe we could do a, a poll. Ask the average person what word describe uh, would, would describe uh, their thoughts of Bud Light. When, when, when you think of Bud Light, what word first comes to mind? And they do these polls and you actually find the numbers are very low. It'll be like, you know, it's so like, what word comes to mind when you think of Trump? And then it'll be like bigly at 7%. And that's the top one because everybody has a different word. But disgust would probably be way up there. That's what, that, that's what I'm hearing from most people. It's disgust. So Bud Light has chosen to be off-putting. That makes no sense. Why do that? And now nobody wants to buy their beer. There's a viral video. I think I, uh, I, think I have the, the article here. Video of Bud Light at grocery stores goes viral. Can't get it off the shelf. They can't move it. Can't move the product. We see it over and over again. We don't need to see any more. I get it. We get it. This video from this morning. You know, everywhere I've gone, it's Bud Lights just to the brim. And then other brands are going. I do see people buying other uh, Anheuser products. They don't know. They buy Michelob thinking it's different, but it's still. Modelo is now number one in the US. Bud Light's no longer the top brand. That's crazy. Yo, I can't imagine the lawsuits don't come. They have to come soon. And we'll see how that plays out. But for the time being, yo, the Bud Light effect is law. Like these brands are getting hit and CNN, of course, is trying to cover it up. Liars. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Worse than Afghanistan. I wonder what Afghanistan was like before Joe Biden surrendered to the Taliban. 
I'm sure it wasn't perfect. I'm sure there were a lot of problems. There's a lot of news that we would cover frequently. But I wonder, was it better than San Francisco is now? I'd have to imagine, yes, because of what this guy's saying. But I mean, maybe an extreme exaggeration, to be completely honest. From the post-millennial, San Francisco is worse than Afghanistan. Immigrant store owner begs city for help amid theft epidemic. At least in Afghanistan, the Taliban will cut your hand off and people are afraid to commit such a crime. The guy's store was ransacked. Ain't nobody going to come help you, dude. These are Democrat-run cities, and I got to be honest, the people of these cities vote for this. What more do you expect? But the post-millennial has another story. Portland bleeds population amid massive crime surge. Quote, it's like Portland died. Yeah. What do you expect? What, what do you what do you what do you think is going to happen? You know, I saw uh, uh, Tim Scott was on The View and he got booed for praising Ron DeSantis. And I just think I don't understand how you can just have all of this destruction. And then cheer for it. Now, some people are just evil. And I think the reality is for people who watch The View, Tim Scott was on The View. They don't know because The View keeps him in the dark. They don't let you hear these things. They don't say these things. They lie. They cheat. They steal. They want you stupid so that you keep voting for this. Probably one of my uh, favorite videos of this past week, excuse me, is um, it's it's a community in Chicago booing and screaming at their local politicians who say they're going to be bringing in hundreds of migrants to sleep in their neighborhoods. And they're like, what? And I'm just, you know, I'm happy to see it because it means people are going to wake up. You can't wake people up by just telling them because people, they're arrogant and they don't trust you. And so you go to one of these people in San Francisco or Portland or Chicago and you say, listen, if you vote for this, bad thing will happen. And they go, oh, you're far right. You're a fascist, blah, blah, blah. And then it happens to them. Okay, well, baby needed to get burned before baby would learn fire indeed hot. And now they're learning. They're saying, hey, wait a minute. You're destroying everything. Duh. Well, we told you it was going to happen. That's the challenge in, in politics. People don't believe you. No, for real. They don't, they don't believe you. So what do you do? Here's the story from the post-millennial. San Francisco is worse than Afghanistan. A San Francisco store owner who immigrated to the United States from Afghanistan recently claimed that crime in the city is worse than in Afghanistan after violent criminals robbed his tobacco shop, stealing more than $100,000 in merchandise. Mind you, I'm willing to bet that that was all bought on a loan. You take out a loan, you buy the product, you sell the product, pay the loan back with interest. Zaid, co-owner of Cigarettes Are Cheaper, says that a gang of thieves robbed his store on Tuesday night and stole $80,000 worth of merchandise, along with $20,000 in cash. Jeez, man. The politicians need to get a grip on this because it's worse than Afghanistan or Iraq, he told the outlet. At least in Afghanistan, the Taliban will cut your hand off and people are afraid to commit such a crime. The Afghan immigrant slammed the San Francisco's progressive, slammed San Francisco's, San Francisco's progressive policies that prevent criminals from being held accountable. They know the police won't do anything, Zaid explained, revealing that the robbers were inside his store for 20 minutes before police were able to respond. Why would they? Why would they show up? Police told Zaid that the long response time was due to the department's staffing crisis, the outlet reports. 
We have drugs issue. We have homeless issue. And on top of the, this, these idiots come in here and take whatever they want. Zaid, who opened his store in 2003 after coming, uh, immigrating uh, from, from the, uh, to the U.S. from Afghanistan in 1987. SFPD told Fox News that officers arrived in the scene at 2.44 a.m. and observed the window to the business shattered and items from the business strewn about the scene. According to Zaid, the city is seeing a mass exodus of both people and businesses due to its increased criminal nature. Zaid said he might soon be the next owner to close up shop. The city has gone downhill, especially the last two years since COVID. I have never seen it worse. People are afraid to come shopping here because they're either going to get robbed or someone will break into their car. Yep. Yo, you go to SF. They're going to smash the back window of your car and they're going to steal your luggage. It's what they do. They do it all the time. Happen to CNN crew. We might have to shut it down, he said. Our safety is more important than making a living in this city. And, and they just had that uh, that commercial where it's like, come to San Francisco. Oh, please don't. Zaid closing down his tobacco shop would add to the growing list of businesses in SF that have decided to permanently shutter their doors due to the city's vast increase in crime, rampant retail theft, open air drug use, violent attacks carried out by homeless vagrants and loss of foot traffic. In recent months, Nordstrom, Whole Foods, T-Mobile, Walgreens, Saks and Old Navy have all announced their departures from the once beloved city. And you know what else? Same thing's happening in Portland. Same thing. Now, you can't come to me and say, oh, it's a coincidence, because when we come out, we say, hey, you realize Democrat policies are doing this. The Democrats come back and say there's high crime in West Virginia, too, bro. I don't notice nothing in West Virginia. I got to be completely honest. Now, in major urban areas, it's bad. But here's the thing. If they're going per capita and you have, I don't know, 30,000 people who live. What is Charlestown in West Virginia? Like 30,000 people. Maybe in the metro, it's 100. And so you might have a higher percentage rate per capita, but there's substantially more crime. So it's like, oh, you know, X percent in West Virginia, it's so high. And it's like, yeah, but there's only 30,000 people. So that really means that there were seven robberies, seven robberies. And then you go to D.C. and it's like well, the percentage of crime is actually much lower. Yeah, but it's 100,000 robberies. Come on. What are you talking about? We're talking about a metro with like 20 something million people in it. I don't know how you how you calculate the metro of D.C., Baltimore and uh, well, I guess it's mostly just D.C., the D.C., D.C., Baltimore area. And then you have the surrounding suburbs. But 10, 20 million is a bit extensive. All right. A little exaggerated there. But several million people. New York City's what, 13 million in the metro? And they're like, the crime rate is lower. Yeah, but there's still substantially more crime. That's the issue. You can make an argument about the likelihood of being of being a victim of crime. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, we're all armed in West Virginia, so we're doing pretty good. And I haven't noticed anything. And for the most part, no one's around you. You're walking around. You're by yourself. Now, granted, fair point. Harder to call the cops in West Virginia because you're in the middle of nowhere. But it's not like they're responding anyway. <clears throat> Take a look at this story. Portland. Surprise, surprise. Portland, Oregon has suffered massive population loss since 2020. According to census data, the city lost the sixth most number of people of any city in the, in the U.S. last year, losing 8,308 people from July 2021 to July 2022. The decline comes after the city saw 15 straight years of growth before the COVID-19 pandemic and amid a massive crime wave since the city became the epicenter of the 2020 Black Lives Matter riots. A Portland resident of 15 years told local news station KPTV, I know it's been really tough for a lot of people through the pandemic. 
It's been hard to see Portland at the forefront of some of those tensions. It's like Portland died. Another resident, Larry May, said the tourists haven't come back like they used to be, especially the Japanese. They love this city. The crime is really bad. Shootings. It's not the Portland I knew. A state of the economy report by Portland Business Alliance stated if trends continue, the economic outlook, especially for the city of Portland, is as concerning as any time since the twin recessions of the 1980s. It continued. Newly released census data suggests the region can no longer take net in migration for granted, as it has for most of its history. People and businesses vote with their feet, and they are not voting for Portland, the city, or the region in the way they have in recent past. I wonder why. Good. Good, good, good. I am glad to see it. When we were watching those riots and the firebombings of buildings, we said, why won't anyone do anything? A roving band of psychotic death cultist leftists went to some guy's house with an American flag and threatened him with death unless he unless he took it down. And we say, why won't they do anything? Well, you know what people are? They're leaving. Good. Good. These cities are dried, withered husks of what what they once were. And they're only it's only getting worse. Now, I do think it's fair to point out if people of good people of merit and people of good conscience leave, then the cities will just decay further. It's a cascade effect, much like with the Bud Light effect. Conservatives leave. They become more liberal leftist. They vote for more policies that destroy everything. Maybe that's what's that, that's is what needs to happen. The stock of these companies need to collapse. The cities need to collapse so we can start over. There's no question. Democrat policies make these cities crumble and decay. There's no question. And now we're watching it happen. We don't need news stories to come out every 20 minutes to prove it to us. We knew it was going to happen, but now we at least have the evidence. So show your friends and family when they don't believe you and say, what will it take for you to listen when I say this is going to be bad? Show them these stories. Really? People are leaving? I can't. I don't notice anything. Well, you will one day. You will when your costs go up, when the crime goes up, when the police leave, and then you're left holding an empty bag. Your home will be worth nothing. You won't be able to sell it. You'll have no equity and you'll say, gee, what did I do wrong? You held on to a bad investment. These cities, ain't it? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Oh boy, I really don't care about this news, but I feel obligated to cover it. Mike Pence joins 2024 Republican race. Yeah, Tim Scott, I believe, is running. Nikki Haley is running. Nikki Haley had a presidential town hall yesterday, and I will stress this point again. Oh boy, did I not want to do a segment on this. I really don't care. Mike Pence is the least consequential person to announce. At least Nikki Haley did a town hall and Tim Scott is pretty based and he was on The View and he's fantastic. Mike Pence. Oh, come on. Don't waste my time, dude. What are you doing? Retire, buddy. You barely had anything going during the Trump administration. And now I don't know what to tell you. But okay, here we go from the Daily Mail. Former Vice President Mike Pence officially entering the 2024 race. For president, by filing paperwork Monday with the FEC, setting up a battle with former President Donald Trump and other GOP hopefuls. Pence will kick off his 2024 bid for the presidency in a Des Moines, Iowa rally on June 7th. He will then head to New Hampshire and other early voting states to lay out his message to voters. He is also set to participate in a CNN town hall in Iowa with Dana Bash following his official kickoff rally Wednesday, 
which also falls on his 64th birthday. The former vice president joins a growing field of GOP hopefuls, including his old boss, Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Asa Hutchinson, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. Holy crap. Yo, the Republican primary is going to be based. It's going to be lit. It's going to be so lit. Um, here's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be Trump and Vivek. I really, I tell you right now, Vivek is, how old is Vivek? He's like 20, he's like, he's like my age, right? He's like 37, 38, I think. Let me, let me, let me double check on uh, Vivek, his, uh, his age. Cause I had him on. I just want to make sure. There it is. He's 37. He's only a few months old. He's like, uh, what is that? What does that give him? August. Okay. So he's like, yeah, he's like six months or so, a little bit more, more than that. He's almost a year older than me. Six, six months, seven months. Is that what it is? Am I getting my math wrong? Uh, oh, eight months. Yeah, whatever. I'm not here to do math. All my Korean ancestors are, are screaming at me right now. Vivek's a young guy, and he is going to, he's going to bring that spirit, that energy. He knows a lot about what he's talking about. He is unafraid. Mad respect. He's, he's willing to say things that will make people angry if he believes it. And I respect it. He said he thinks there should be some kind of requirement Service guarantees citizenship. He said we should have a civics test for people between certain ages if they want to vote. Gen Z losing their mind saying, hey, wait a minute. Wow. I'm surprised he was willing to say that. But you know what it is? It's a good bet. There's barely any Gen Z voters. And there's probably a lot of Gen Z people who agree with them. Like, yeah, I don't want those those crazy people voting. But with all the people that are going to be running, Donald Trump and Vivek, I think, are going to be the only ones capable of sparring with the rest. And I still think Trump is going to be the master zinger. They're going to be on stage and he's going to make, excuse me, no, you can't say that wrong. And Vivek is going to be saying, listen, Trump, when we're talking about these policies, who's going to win? Trump, obviously. Pending something else. I don't know. They're trying to lock him up so they can keep Trump from running, you know, put him in jail or something. I don't know. Keep him off the debate stage. Keep him out of the primaries. They're saying he's got to come back to New York when the primaries are going to be happening. And so or when the debates are supposed to be happening and kickoffs are supposed to happen. Or I think it's when the primaries are actually happening. They're trying to stop him from being able to be on those stages and rally. So that what? It's Ron DeSantis. I like Ron. Ron's a good dude. He's improving. I've seen some of his later videos. I think he's getting the message. You gotta boost that charisma. He needs to get that training. Vivek's got it. Vivek is, he's a CEO. He's got confidence behind his words. He's willing to be loud. He's willing to assert himself. And it's remarkable to me that as well as Ron DeSantis has done, he does not have that energy. But a lot of people, they keep saying things. It's not about the personal stuff. It's about policy and professionalism. No, it isn't. Barack Obama was a celebrity. Look, Trump gets up and he goes, and, he, and he, I'm not going to repeat what Trump says, but he talks about ending the lives of individuals and how he'd still get the votes. Trump got it. He saw Obama. Obama was like, I'm going to blow up kids. You vote for me, I'll blow them up. Too many of them. And people were like, sure. No, to be honest, he was lying. Obama was like, we're going to end the wars. We're going to bring our troops back. And then he bolstered our troops and blew up kids. People voted for him anyway, twice. Because celebrity is what matters. Energy is what matters. And you watch that video of, of Barack Obama announcing his presidential campaign run. And it was, it was masterfully done. He goes, and that is why I, and then the crowd starts clapping, Barack Obama, I'm announcing him. Ah, they're screaming, my president candidacy for the president of these United States. And well, everyone screams. And then Ron DeSantis has a little video where he's like, freedom, 
is worth fighting for. That's why I'm leading the great American comeback. It's like, oh, dude. Come on, man. But no, no. Uh, uh, lo, my friends, behold, Mike Pence. He is joining as well. And are you kidding? Is anybody actually? Let me, let, hey, let's do this. Let me pull up predict it. Does anybody actually want to support Mike Pence? Here we go. Mike Pence is actually trailing Nikki Haley on the prediction markets. Donald Trump's at 58 cents. Yes, it's out of 100. Ron DeSantis at 31. Tim Scott at seven. Nikki Haley at four. Pence at four. Youngkin at four. But Pence is below Nikki Haley having dropped recently. Glenn Youngkin's actually on here. Bleh. Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> 11 more contracts. Where's Asa Hutchinson? Is he even on here? He's not even on here. Nobody even knows or cares. Larry Hogan's doing better than him. Josh Hawley. Wow. Trump Jr., Tucker Carlson. I suppose for one cent, here's the way the prediction market works. You buy a share of, say, I don't know, Tucker for one cent. And then if at any point he improves, you've doubled your money. Isn't that amazing? If it goes to two cents, the only thing it could do, you've now doubled all of that money. How about that? Mitt Romney's a bad bet. Christy Nome's probably a good bet because I would, uh, I'm, I don't, 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 don't engage in this stuff. Don't, I don't want to tell you what to do. But here's what I would say. If I was going to buy any of this, I'd buy on Christy Nome, not because I think she'd actually win, but because there's a strong likelihood that she either announces strong enough that speculation of an announce could, could occur, or there's been uh, talk floating of her being VP. And because of that, it's likely that people will buy shares of Nome, causing it to go to one, two, or three. If you buy at one cent, let me correct that. If I buy at one cent and it goes to three cents, tripled my money, baby. And then you just exit and say later. So I'm not entirely sure any of those will actually go up. But Ron DeSantis seems like a safe bet. I can't remember who I have the shares. I think I have shares of Ron DeSantis only because I expect him to improve when the primary season occurs. This is not so much about whether or not you think they'll actually win, but whether or not you, you can profit off of public sentiment or something like that. But Mike Pence, four cents. Come on. What does it does, do they even mention what his policy plans are, or what he's going to do? Because I really just don't see this as as I don't, I don't see a point. I get it. He was VP. But do you really think anybody cared? Like, what did he do? What's he going to campaign on? He was a dry character. I think the reason the Trump campaign went with him in the first administration was just for that reason. They wanted some somebody who was a traditional conservative, straight laced kind of guy. And I respect all of that. I respect like no disrespect to uh, to Mike Pence. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, attack him uh, uh, personally. I'm saying professionally, he does not have the caliber required to be president. And uh, he probably shouldn't. For that matter, I don't think Vivek Ramaswamy would win either, to be completely honest. But I think getting on the stage and voicing your opinion on key issues is extremely important. Now, when it comes to that concept, I don't see anyone running who's actually going to have an impact except for Tim Scott and Vivek. Because I'll put it this way. You got Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Scott, Hutchinson, Vivek, Chris Christie, and now Pence. What's Chris Christie going to talk about? Nothing. What's Mike Pence going to talk about? Nothing. Nikki Haley? Ah, nothing. Maybe something a little bit. Tim Scott? He's going to hit it out of the park on issues of critical race theory because he's been like what he talked about on The View and other and other ideas as well, such as, you know, the state, uh, the social issues in America relating to race, especially. You know, I know a lot of people might point out that he's the only black guy who's running, but he talks about these things. He talks about how he gets profiled. 
But he also talks about how America's made tremendous progress, and I think that will resonate tremendously. Vivek, of course, was not a white man. We'll also be able to speak to this, but also ESG, the corporate equality index, big issues. Mike Pence, nothing. And Ron DeSantis can only regurgitate the strong points of Vivek. Donald Trump, I don't think he's going to have a lot to say either, to be, to be completely honest, but it doesn't matter because he's the whale. He is the big dude on stage who's going to say all of the right things. And he's going to be able to play to the audience and to people more so than policy could. That's why I think he's likely to win. But hey, man, who knows? DeSantis really could pull off an upset. If you look, there's some speculation, some speculation, some rumors as to why Ron DeSantis might actually take the lead. Strong reason. We've talked about it in Timcast IRL in the members only section. So you got to check that out. But I think we'll end up talking about it a little bit today. But let's just say that Trump championed policies that result in backfiring on the American public during primary season. And Ron DeSantis says we didn't. There's some certain policies. You, 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 you maybe get where I'm going with this, but we'll leave it vague and we'll talk about it later tonight. I think Vivek is going to light a fire under all these candidates. He'll probably, I, I, you know, it's funny, actually. I don't think they have, uh, they don't have Vivek actually here in the prediction market. And I wonder if it's because they've just not created the possibility. Maybe you have to choose the person. I don't know. But Vivek's not on here either. And he's actually getting tremendous press. I don't think he'll win. But I do think he will shape the conversation. So we'll see. I really did not want to do a segment on Mike Pence. I got to be honest. I want to talk about some other cultural stuff, but I got to talk about it. Mike Pence announcing he's running. I bet nobody even watches this video. Thanks for hanging out to all those who did. And I'll see you on the next segment in a few minutes. I am of the personal opinion that this video will probably be disturbing to many of you. But this is a test for you, YouTube. This is a test. Let's see how you react, because the actions you take here will define what we are about to watch. The video in question is from Right Side of History, and they wrote, OK, now can we admit it's not family friendly? It's a video of two men engaging in BDSM sexual kink play in public in front of children at a pride parade. There are pride flags everywhere as two adult men engage, engage in overt sexual activity. Now, it's not gratuitous in that there's no like, you know, overt intercourse. What they're engaging in is what would probably be described as kink, BDSM kink or foreplay. Now, if YouTube says it is not advertiser friendly, I question, I question you, YouTube. Why? It's in public, on display, pride for Pride Month in front of children. If children are watching this in our streets, what seems to be the problem? If YouTube age restricts this video, well, ho well, hold on there a minute. What do you mean? This is publicly on display for children. And worse, if I get a strike and that shuts down Timcast for, I think it's like a week or two. Can't post any videos, can't stream, no shows. Well, so be it. But this is in public and available for everybody. And I'm in no way insulting any of these people. I'm asking you, YouTube, do you believe children should watch this video? I'm going to play it. Here you go. Now, don't worry. I mean, if you're just listening, you can't hear anything. And for those that are watching, just don't, in my opinion, watch it in front of your kids. 
But here's uh, one man tying a leash around another man's neck who is sticking his butt, his bare butt, back behind him. And, oh, this video actually doesn't have the uh, the full spanking and BDSM in it. I wonder if I actually have that one pulled up. This one just shows the uh, the choking. Let me uh, let me make sure we get the, the, the full picture here, because I think it's unfair if I don't actually show the... Uh, the full video. I don't know if I in, if I if I retweeted it because I was probably more just like, yeah, okay, no, I'm not interested in posting that. But uh, for the sake of this video, I bet I can just pop onto my timeline and find it. Let's see if it uh, it pops up. No, I'll have to search for it. But because Twitter is actually a bit over the top, to be completely honest, I am not going to uh, search for it on screen because, yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, Twitter's not, uh, mm, no. But let's, uh, I bet I could pull it up real quick for you guys. Bear with me here as I get this video and found it in two seconds from our friends over at Redux. And uh, here you go. So once again, you see one man tying a leash on another man's neck who's wearing bondage gear with his bare buttocks showing. And this man, he uh, is then going to pull out uh, a flogging tool and they drive around cheering children present as he spanks the man in public this is an overt sexual act overt sexual activity in front of children as they all cheer and clap waving smiling okay all right I, all right look this is in public this is legal right so then i would just uh, uh i would just ask and i actually i don't know if this is from this year or not they say it's from belissa cohen and one guy's wearing something that says 2019. Either way, we're watching this at a Pride event. Is this acceptable for kids, for families? Will YouTube age restrict this? This video has a million views. It's been seen by a lot of people. Will we get a strike or anything like that? I don't know why I would, because uh, children watch this. Two men performed a sex act in public as BDSM flags were displayed during the family-friendly West Hollywood Pride Parade yesterday. Okay, so this is yesterday. A witness of the float informed Redux that there were children in attendance. Okay, this is it. Here you go. From Drew Hernandez. Tempe, Arizona's first annual all-ages pride party featured a LGBTQ rapper performing songs about gay and anal sex and converting straight men gay through sex acts to a crowd that included infants and children. LGBTQ adults can be seen dancing along with kids. Alcohol was sold. Here's my assumption. My assumption is YouTube won't give me a strike, won't demonetize, they'll allow it completely. It is entirely possible that they do the, they, they do those things. YouTube has been a bit better. And I, and I mean this with all due respect, okay? YouTube's been a bit better than Facebook. We can't post anything on Facebook. This video will not be on Facebook. Facebook takes down anything. We talked about the boycott and stock prices and Facebook took it down. It's like, okay, they were like, it's hate speech. All we're doing is talking about stock price. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. YouTube, at the very least, does allow us to criticize these things. YouTube may actually say, hey, we agree with you. No, kids should not watch this. And that's the point. If YouTube does, then okay. And they might. Then we say to all of these organizations, this is not appropriate for children. I certainly don't think it is. You have that book, Genderqueer. On Amazon, the book is listed as being for 18 and up only because it depicts overt sexual acts. Yeah, for some reason, it's in middle schools. This is where we've come to. 
Here you go. Libs of TikTok. Pride Day at St. Matt's Tigers. So, oh, they privated their account. Wow. The school was decorated in progress pride flags with teachers dressed up for pride. Here you go. In this video, you have teachers wearing, uh, waving pride flags, wearing this gear. These things aren't appropriate for children. Happy Pride Day, they're saying. All the teachers are dancing. Homeschool your kids. Look at these kids. These kids are waving the flags. Everyone walks in. Walk in. They don't seem to be very enthused. This is a cult. Everyone is welcome here, the flag says. Sure. And there's the rainbow. Ah, bup, 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 bup. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That rainbow is a symbol of God's covenant to the earth. And it's a religious symbol that should be removed from the school. Just saying. There's the kids skipping through the rainbow, dancing. They don't know about it. Know about it. This is what indoctrination looks like. And they're the teachers dancing and singing. Homeschool your kids. And I got to tell you, you got to watch who your kids are hanging out with. You have to. I got no issue with uh, pride parades. Just no kids. If there's going to be overt sexual activity like we just saw and they're doing it, and it's infuriating, no kids. You can't have kids there. So in Florida, they did this. Good job, Ron DeSantis. And what happened? A pride event got canceled, a pride parade. And they're like, Ron DeSantis is oppressing us because they said you couldn't do adult activities in front of kids. It's already illegal. Well, here you go. So this is what grooming is. And I think it was Tim Heidecker who said it. He said the goal was to normalize and indoctrinate kids and all this stuff so that when they're older, they're not repressed or angry and whatever. That's called grooming literally what grooming is. Grooming. Let me explain. I have before, but in this context, let me tell you why the school is grooming. Okay. What does the L stand for in LGBT? What does the B and the G stand for? Lesbian, gay, and bisexual. Direct references to who adults have sex with. Okay. If you're not teaching children about sexual activities, you don't teach them about (laughs) any of it. But what's happening in these schools are saying is that the birds and the bees for adults, heterosexual sex, we're not going to tell you're not ready, but we will tell you about all the others. The left acts like it's not the case. Love is love, they say. Those two guys engaging in a in foreplay BDSM kink on a, on a truck in front of children. Yet that's not love. But they'll lie to you. They'll say it is. Remember when... um. Winsome Sears was on Bill Maher like a couple weeks ago. And she said, look, I don't want my kid getting a lap dance in school. And he goes, well, that's not happening. And then she was like, yes, it is. And he goes, I've not seen it. And she goes, Bill, you need to read more because Bill doesn't pay attention. And you get these parents here who are like, what do you mean? We're not doing anything. And you show them the pride video, show them the video I just showed. Say, that's what you want your kids to watch. No, you don't. But this is the erosion. Grooming. Tim Heidecker says he wants this normalized. I'm pretty sure it was Tim Heidecker. You know, I want to make sure. Let me let me let me let me make sure I'm getting this right. Because I would be uh, remiss if uh, it was not him. He says, uh, what does he say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone said we do not need this normalized. And he said, yes, yes, we do. Uh, let, let, let me let me let me pull up the tweet. Here we go. Tim Heidecker. This is, uh, uh, he's uh, Tim and Eric, I believe, right? Yeah. He said, 
you dumb mother effer Matt Walsh, exposing kids to LGBTQ plus is the point. Normalize this ish now for them, and they won't be so confused, repressed, isolated from the modern world as adults. Grow up and join the 20th century, you, to- uh, you total losers. They're not showing effing porn at Target. They have rainbows, rainbow ish. God damn it, are you people cruel? The 20K people who like this tweet don't need any more context and can easily comprehend that understanding LGBTQ plus people exist and that it's okay and healthy for kids to understand this does not make someone a groomer pedo. Not true. If you jump to the conclusion, you are a sucker, grifter, religious extremist. So Tim Heidecker's wrong. He's completely wrong. And I'll explain. Why go to a child who has not learned about any kind of basic sexual activity and explain to them that there are two adult men who are going to spank each other in public? There's no reason. You don't need to normalize that at all. And I'm not a Christian conservative nor a religious extremist. I am not saying children should never learn. I'm not saying that children shouldn't engage in these things. I'm not saying I, I think gay marriage should be legal. I think gay, gay parents should be allowed to adopt. I'm saying that there is a certain age in which we start explaining the birds and the bees. Perhaps the first thing we do is we say boys like girls and girls like boys. And then boys and girls come together and they have love and then they engage in the reproductive act, which produces babies. Then we can say beyond this, there are things called paraphilias. And there are certain people who have different or atypical sexual proclivities. But only after the kid understands the basic birds and the bees first, right? So grooming, what is it? Tim Heidecker doesn't understand. The, the assumption that grooming starts with the most extreme is wrong. It doesn't. Grooming starts with the lightest, most basic thing, which is a rainbow. Hey, kid, look at the rainbow. It's pretty, isn't it? All grooming starts that way. Now, the issue is if you go to a kid and show him a rainbow, that's not grooming. If you go to a kid, show him a rainbow and say lesbian, gay, bisexual. Now you've entered that room. You've opened the door to explaining to children about sex when they're not prepared for it. Why? To normalize them into certain behaviors. That's what grooming is. So Tim Heidecker supports grooming. Maybe it's because he doesn't understand what we are saying, or he doesn't agree with it, but a fact is a fact. It is not my opinion that grooming starts with the light. If it was, okay, look, they're trying to convince you that grooming is like you walk up to a kid and you show him a magazine. Look at these pictures of adults doing things. That's not grooming. That's, that, that's literally just exposing a kid to adult material. Grooming has to start with something light. I'll tell you the story. I knew a guy. He saw an ad on Craigslist that said model needed. Modeling. Innocent old modeling. And so he was like, OK. And they said $200 paid cash for one hour of work. And he was like, he hit him up and said, what do you think? And they're like, absolutely. You're perfect. Come on in. And they said, uh, take off your shoes. And they took pictures of him with his shoes off. Gave him $200. The next step was, do you want to do any like bathing suit stuff? Uh, like at the beach or, you know, we want to do like we have shorts. And they got him to wear a, like, so let's, let's, how, how about you do like a wife beater, like a tank top and shorts. Then they did that a couple times, giving him more and more money. Completely innocuous. Totally fine. Who cares? Guys wear this stuff all the time. Then they said, why don't we do like swim trunk stuff? Like, would you be okay with that? Yeah, you would. Okay, take your shirt off. All right, pictures. What, uh, they, they do that a couple times. You see, all of these things are, pers- are, are, are seemingly innocent. Seemingly innocent. I'll tell you where this goes. It goes to a dark place. The next step after a few weeks of doing swim trunks was, you know, Speedos. Like, look, guys wear this stuff. You look great in them. What's the difference? We'll pay you 200 bucks extra. 
Then what happened? How about nude stuff? How about you and this other guy sitting down, both modeling in swim trunks? Okay, now put your arm on the guy. He's your buddy. Do that a couple times. Within a few months, they had him arm around another man, taking pictures, telling him it was just modeling. Guess where it ended up? I, I kid you not, not an exaggeration. He became a prostitute. No joke. No, no question. They said, would you be interested in maybe, you know, hugging the guy? Would you be interested in doing any like romance stuff? And then eventually they got to the point where he was just a prostitute. They kept offering more and more money. They said, look, you already took all your clothes off on camera. You know, what's the big deal about doing this one? It's the same thing. That's what grooming is. You, you give them the lightest thing. You're a model. Pose for me. It's seemingly innocuous. And then they say, it's not grooming that you're showing them a rainbow. Right. If you show a child a rainbow for the intention of showing them a rainbow, that's totally fine. If you have a man, woman, or child model by wearing a nice outfit for a catalog, that's not grooming. But if your intention is to indoctrinate the kids to normalize sexual activities like Tim Heidecker admits they're doing, you're grooming. That's it. Use the word however you want. This is basically what it means. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.